there was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your being, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers, and he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him, and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Gorgeous day to hear the Word of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I pass out today, if I fall asleep at Mass, just wake me up, okay? Because uh, I am running on three hours sleep right now. I literally, just an hour ago, got back from Fremont. And uh, I'm running on three hours sleep and a whole bunch of coffee right now. So if I'm a little jittery. Uh... Well, I was in Fremont because I was at a wedding. A dear friend from college got married, and I had to go. I had to go, even though I knew it would be painful. <laughs> it would be painful to do masses, but I could not miss this wedding. It was the fifth wedding in two months, by the way. We've had a lot of weddings lately, but, but this particular wedding, I actually didn't preside at the wedding. I sat way in the back, and I just prayed at the mass. And you'll understand why. As many of you know, I, I, I'm pretty open with all of you, especially how God has worked and calling me to the priesthood. And if you recall, 
a pivotal part of how God called me was, was when I was a college student, senior year at UC Davis. That's when God really worked on me as I was growing in my faith. And God called me to the priesthood. Because one thing that is universal within the human condition is that we all desperately search for love, don't we? We desperately search for love. We desperately not only search for love, but for human connection, don't we? We, You know that cheesy line about finding one's soulmate, as cheesy as that is, it's actually real. We search and research and research for that someone that we connect with. On a level that, that, that's, that's utterly amazing, that's different than friendship, than family. Well, when you find that one person and, 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 and your souls just click and your hearts just explode and it changes reality, we search for it, don't we? I mean, that's, the, that's why social media is so prevalent. What, what is the baseline of social media? For all, all the good and the bad of social media, at the root of social media is a deep human desire to do what? Connect with people. To connect. So when I was in college, I fell in love, huh? as we do. But at the same time, you know, God showed me, he brought this beautiful person into my life. Her name, as you know, her name was Leslie. And it was one of those pivotal moments, you know, when we hear poetry where, where you meet that person and you just, it just changes everything, right? Ah, love, there it is. Yes, you're the one I've been searching for. But then frustrating that at the same time, God was calling me to be a priest. And I've shared that story countless times to you. And that battle, that frustration, Imagine, you've been searching for a piece of cake your entire life, and you finally find that beautiful piece of cake, and God says, give it back to me. (laughs) How would you react? Angrily. (laughs) And I beg God when I was a senior in college, Lord, I beg you, let me serve you in any other way. But do not ask me to let go of her. I'll do anything. Send me to China, send me to Africa, send me anywhere. But I want this. The love of of, of life. And so after a deep, deep battle, I broke up with Leslie and at the seminary. After her own prompting, by the way, because she was a very holy Catholic woman on fire for the Lord. So we broke up my senior year. I entered the seminary shortly afterwards. I never looked back. That was who got married last night. And so can you see why I couldn't preside at the wedding? It would have been awkward. (laughs) Especially for her fiancé or now husband. (laughs) Oh, look, it's that guy that, uh, that dated my wife. So that's why I sat way in the back, very piously, Just pray the whole mess. You see, love is a dreadful thing, isn't it? Love is utterly dreadful. Why? Because love, true love, 
is utterly demanding of us. It is utterly demanding. Love requires us to put the good of the other in front of ourselves. Our Lord today, he says, to this, says the scholar of the law. Now notice the scholar of the law, so he would have known everything. He knows all of the knowledge. He knows all of the data points of what it means to be saved. He knows all the information, what to do and what not to do. And so we ask Jesus, Jesus, you know, I know everything. I'm a scholar of the law. But what does it mean to inherit? How do I get into eternal life? How do I get into heaven? And Jesus responds, knowing that this man is puffed up in pride. He says, well, what is written in the law? And he actually responds correctly. The famous, it's called, the Jews call this line the Shema in Hebrew. Listen. That's what it means in Hebrew. Listen. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind all your strength, with all your being, right? Meaning, you give your whole self to this love of God. And that's what God asks of each of every one of us, doesn't he? See, this is why Christianity is utterly hard, because in the same way that married life is utterly hard, because it demands of us to die to ourselves and put the good of the other in front of ourselves. At one point at the wedding last night, I, I almost wanted to, to stand up and cheer during the priest's homily. He did a fantastic job. He said to the couple, well, first of all, he had everybody who, 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 uh, who was married in the congregation to raise their hand. Everybody raised their hand, you know, very sheepishly, you know, it's just like... Raise your hand if you're married in here, and people raise their hand. And he said to this, I want to challenge you guys. He says, in the world, we always hear that marriage is what? 50-50. You hear that tired line, oh, marriage is 50-50. And he says, you know what? No, actually, it's not 50-50. That's the way the world sees marriage. So that's not Christian marriage. He said, because Christian marriage is rooted in the example of Christ's love for the church. That's the model that St. Paul uses. That the marriage between and the love shared between husband and wife is mirrored between Jesus' own love for humanity, the church. All of us who are baptized into the church. The model of Christian marriage is built upon that. And then in one sweeping gesture, he pointed to the cross because the crucifix was hanging over the altar. And he said, and I almost cheered, I was so excited when he said, I was so moved. He pointed to the cross and he says, look at the cross. Are you married couples in here? Is there anything 50-50 about that love? Is the love of Jesus Christ 50% on that cross? No. That love on the cross is 100%. Total self-gift. You see now, now this is where humanity now is, 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 is opened. Only when our lives take up a noble cause are we fulfilled. And what I mean by that is, what is the meaning of your life and your existence? 
What is the noble meaning of your life? Is it the mere accumulation of things? No. That will never satisfy the human heart. Is it the accumulation of all the pleasures that the world can offer? No. Is it the accumulation as much power I can get? Influence, glory, likes, followers on Facebook. No. Rather, the human being is at, at its best when we give ourselves to a noble task of love. You see, in all the weddings I've done the past two months, that's what each of of the couples promised each other. I will give myself completely to you for the noble task of building up our family. Subservient now to that love, is love of God. You know, I've been, I've been reflecting, especially on the long drive from Fremont to here, at all that coffee in my veins. I was <laughs> reflecting. I look back, because I'm 39 now, and I was looking back to the 22-year-old version of, of me. And I asked my 22 version of myself, I said, what were you so afraid of because I battled my vocation for a year and a half. I, I, I didn't want to be a priest. And I asked myself, why were you so afraid? If it was obvious that God was calling you to be a priest. Why were you so afraid? And the 22-year-old version of myself said, because I'm afraid that if I sacrifice too much, that I won't be happy. Right? If, if I... Let go of this idea of, of love that I think of happiness, of what it is. Because we, we all have a notion of what love and happiness is, don't we? We all have this vision for it. And then God was saying, let go of that now. Choose me, a nobler task. And the partner said, no, uh, no that's, that's too much. You're demanding too much, Jesus. You're demanding too much of me. I know what it means to, uh, to be happy. Let me choose my, my version. Luckily, that 22-year-old version of me made the right decision. Broke up with Leslie into the seminary. That was 16 years ago. It culminated with her now beautifully. She married a guy named Jorge. Jorge and Leslie. And I sat there and I, as I was sitting in the back and I, and I watched the whole wedding unfold. All I, I, I could have, all I did was apologize to God. God, I'm sorry for not trusting you enough thinking that somehow my own plan was better than yours. No, being a priest is not easy. Being a married couple is not easy. 
But what sustains us, what makes us at our best, is when we remember the noble cause of love which we promise. And in all of the suffering, all of the pain, all of the joy, now it becomes crystallized, fine-tuned, and interpreted through that noble task. And when we remember that, then we can endure. Then we can love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our being and all our strength and all our mind. And when we do this, notice now, we don't love less, but we love more. Just look what happened to the scholar of the law. Jesus laid out that beautiful metaphor. Which one loved his neighbor? He says, oh, the Samaritan loved his neighbor. See, the Samaritans were hated. They were the unlovable ones for the Jews. But because Christ led him now, led him and showed him the noble path of love, the scholar was invited to love even more. That's what priesthood is about. I never imagined I could love you as much as I do. My heart has grown. Just like every married couple in here, look back to your younger selves when you were married. Let me ask you, you don't have to yell out the answer, but do you love more now than you were a young kid? when you were at that altar and you made your vows. Ask yourselves, compare yourselves, do you love more now than you did back then when you were young, huh? And you had no idea what you are about to get yourself into. You love more, don't you? Because you've given yourself over to something bigger. That, my friends, is what Christ is inviting us to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.